Hello and welcome to Fault Ego episode uh, 22. Um, Happy New Year. Um, Although actually uh, episode 21 came out in the New Year as well. So I should have said Happy New Year in that one. But I recorded it back in December. So and I didn't have the foresight to realize that time moves in a uh, in a forward uh, forward direction. So there you go. Um, anyway, enough enough about me and uh, my lack of cognizance uh, regarding the uh, the space time continuum. Um, so yeah, it is New Year, uh, New Year's resolutions and all that. And uh, I thought that's probably a, I wanted to use New Year's resolutions as a launch pad to um, talk about um, those and I guess. Um, well, yes, yeah, it's, it's, we're always talking about ego, aren't we? Um, I have the, the problem I have with New Year's resolutions, and it's a problem I also have with what I was doing in, well, with with satire and Twitter and all these things generally, is that they cr- they can create the illusion um, that something has been tackled, and therefore things are going to get better, and. Um, you know, uh, to 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 retread old uh, ground. We, uh, like I said in, I think it was like the, ver- the first episode of this whole thing, which was that you know when you see a satirist do a bit of material or a, or a comedian on stage or whatever, getting angry about something or making a sketch that nails something, and you see that and you go, oh great, they've tackled that, um, so now the world is fine. And really, you know, and then you look out the window and everything's on fire and there are floods and. Um, Mark Zuckerberg uh, owns your brain. So it's like, yeah, it's not, you know, that sketch or that bit of stand-up or that funny article or that Instagram onion-esque meme or whatever or whatever it is on Australia um, hasn't really done anything. And I, I kind of I feel a bit similar to New Year's resolutions. Oh, I'm going to go for walks more or I'm going to stop. I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to do yoga. And... Um, it, th- these are g- they're good things, but it kind it's sort of I think it's sort of a bit a weird a bit of a distraction. It sort of like takes your attention away from the broader systemic, massive problems. That oh, if I do yoga, then everything's I've made. I mean, but I mean, look, I'm being being a bit harsh. You have made an improvement, um, and maybe if you're a better person, then you'll be nicer to everyone, and uh, the world will be will become a better place. But I feel <laughs> so. That, I mean, there's, there's a karmic sort of goodness to doing New Year's resolutions, I suppose, which is that if you make yourself a healthier, better person, um, inevitably you might start treating people around you a bit better as well. Um, but there's there's just something about it that I feel like I, I suppose the other problem is it's often about the self, isn't it? New Year's resolutions are often about the self. It's often about I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to start going to bed earlier or I'm going to know, switch my phone off. Or I mean, you should be doing all these things anyway. And this, is the, this is the other thing, is why is it only at New Year's Eve we suddenly realise, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be taking my mobile phone to bed and looking at Instagram three seconds before I shut my eyes uh, right at the moment my, bo- my body needs to replenish itself. Maybe I shouldn't be plugging into the uh, the the... <laughs> The maelstrom of nightmares that is the internet, you know. <laughs> it's like I was going to read a daily, daily Telegraph article just before I go to bed. No, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's a terrible idea. It's it's sort of the last thing you need before you go to bed. Just, I'm just going to um, just going <laughs> to 
look at uh, a tabloid website and see what's uh, what they're saying. I'm sure it's going to be really useful and, and and restful and help me get to sleep. And then you open it up and your phone just screams at you like, immigrants are coming. Oh! Like, you know, <laughs> just the economy is burning. Good night. You know, it's just not. Uh, it's not going to help you get to sleep, isn't it? Um, I don't know why immigrants are coming would stop you getting to sleep. Um, that, that was me being scary for a, a right-wing person, I suppose. For me, that's quite a restful thought. Oh, great, I'm going to meet some new people and have my horizons broadened. <laughs> great. Fast asleep. Um, I don't know who my audience is. Are you right-wing or left-wing? Don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter, does it? We're all going to die. Now, um... So, but yeah, it's, it's funny that at New Year's we just yeah we that's when we go oh so I'm just, yeah now's the time for me to realize all of this shit that I'm doing is unhealthy. It's like well, you could you know there's 364 other days that you're meant to uh, be alive and and making yourself. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna stop taking hair. <laughs> On it's weird. That it's January the first that I realized that heroin was bad. So like, yeah, what happened to the other all the other good perfectly legitimate calendar days? to um to reflect on yourself so it's weird I, I think that's an odd tick that we sort of compartmentalize self-improvement to one day uh and and again there's like this dusting your hands off feeling of like oh job done um and that there's not harder work to be done. It's like, oh, i'm good for the year now it's like no i think you should be reflecting on yourself and trying to improve yourself all the time i mean what have you got to lose if it makes you better um, it's not. It's not like the first of January is the one to the day of the year that you like do something really fucking horrible, uh, like oh I'm gonna punch my dick with a cactus. Like um, you know, that was a really unenjoyable day. Like all of these, if you're doing something positive for yourself, like why limit that to one day? Why why rob yourself? Um, you rob yourself of that potential. I mean, that's, that's the other the strange thing about giving things up as well, giving up drinking, giving up, you know, chocolate, giving up blah, blah. Um, it's funny how we, we couch these, uh, I guess, self-improvements in terms of what you are giving up and not in terms of what you gain. Because, um, you know, I, I stopped drinking in January 2019 as a New Year's resolution, uh, as a dry Jan sort of thing. And, you know, the way I looked at it was was in that mindset of, oh, I'm giving up alcohol, I've lost this, I've lost that, I've lost that. And then four years later, you know, I, I mean, I didn't stop not drinking. Um, I found it, you know, once once I got like January and February out of the way and I realized actually this is quite easy and I'm not missing it. Um, four years later, I, I couch it in terms of what I've gained. And I think, well, I wonder if that's, you know, that's a useful way. We're so attached to these like little pleasures and stuff um, that's, you know, it, it's probably better to think of what I, I, you know, I've gained energy. I've gained being a better father. I've gained focus. I've gained drive. I've gained fitness. I've gained health, I've gained better, heaps better mental health from not boozing. Um, and it's always, but it's always couched in terms of what you're giving up. And it's like, why, why is alcohol such a cornerstone of society that, to not drink is is regarded as like you've you've lost something. <laughs> it's like oh no, I've lost, I've lost cirrhosis, my potential for cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, curse you, New Year's resolutions! Like it's just it's a bit, it's a strange way to think about things of giving up smoking or you know giving up blah blah blah. Um, 
why not think about it in terms of what you gain? But yeah, I find I find it intra- New Year's resolutions I find a bit weird because yes, they compartmentalize or restrict um, thinking about improving yourself down to one day of the year. So why not just? Why isn't it just a governing human principle that we should always be striving to be better? Why is it like we make do with feel like shit for three hundred sixty four days? being depressed and whatever and then we have this one day oh, oh it's the new year finally i can make a change about myself it's like don't you don't need permission from an arbitrary moment in time so that we've all decided on um to improve yourself or to think about yourself or reflect on your behavior etc it's like you've, for every fucking second of the day you can be making differences uh, so i find the compartmentalization thing a bit interesting and i find yeah the framing of it of giving things up and not in not in terms of what you're going to gain but the, the other thing yeah that i tapped uh, touched into before was the 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 fact that it is geared towards the self it is geared towards the i'm going to do something to make me better and yes like i said there is possibly a karmic uh ripple effect of like if you're a nicer person and if you're in better health and better shape you're probably going to be nicer to everyone around you but i i find that this sort of like cult of self-improvement <laughs> he says on a podcast about uh improving yourself <laughs> um, i don't know is that what this podcast is about i don't even know what this podcast is about anymore it's just about how the world's fucked isn't it with a bit of buddhism thrown in once in a while oh dear uh, rupert murdoch's a piece of shit gong and breathe that's that's this podcast in a uh, in a nutshell um but yeah, the, it's, it, the thing is, like, I think I think 50 years ago or 60 years ago when we sort of didn't know about global warming and all these awful problems and the, the social, the, 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 the internet and Web 2.0 and soon Web 3.0 and probably now AI, um, all these things are completely screwing us over and destroying not only the world but our capacity to collectively think empathically together um, to fight these big so it's, there's two problems there's the problems themselves and there's also the additional problem of technology slowly driving us into enclaves of one you know a cult of one um that makes hand tackling these big world issues really hard um so there's two problems there but 60 years ago you know so that's an arbitrary time frame but 60 years ago you know we probably knew that cigarettes were bad, but we, we, I think we sort of thought the world was okay, that the world would be here forever. And that by and large, you know, live the American dream or the Australian dream. Why is it the American dream as well, by the way? I think everyone on earth is sort of generally following this. Well, that's a, that's a massive generalization, isn't it? But a lot of countries are just go to work, earn money, come home, go to sleep. I don't think that's a specifically American phenomenon. Um, but 60 years ago, you know, we, we just thought, all right, yeah, I'm going to earn money and buy lots of stuff, and that's great. And then I'll go to bed, and I'll do that uh, 30,000 times. I don't know if the maths checks out there. And then I'll die. Did I just hypothesize a 200-year-old man? I don't know. What's 30,000 divided by fucking, I don't know. Maths isn't my strong suit. Um, but now, so I think a bit of focusing on yourself was kind of okay because thinking about other people at that time sort of didn't matter too much uh, because there weren't any massive global problems we needed to tackle um, in 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 the sense that the world's ha- the world had an expiry date and our lifestyles are contributing to that expiry date you know um, 
global warming, I think, really started getting public prominence in the 80s. Even Margaret Thatcher talks about global warming in the 80s. Um, it's weird, isn't it, that Margaret Thatcher is now more progressive than <laughs> some some contemporary pol politicians. Uh, Margaret Thatcher, I think, was more worried about global warming than fucking Labour. Now, how, how is she more progressive? Anyway, don't get sidetracked. Um, but I think that was okay. Now we know that the planet is fucked, and we also know that, well... We don't all know. That's part of the reason I'm making this podcast. We don't all know, but we should know that the internet is making us more polarized. It's making us more focused on the self. And when you are more focused on the self and angrier and consuming more news and staying in your house and shopping online and getting stuff delivered to your front door, and we're slowly becoming more egotistical uh, and at the behest of apps that make it seem really appealing and cool get more followers get retweets get likes get likes guys um right when we need to collectivize uh we're being um egotisticalized <laughs> there you go there's a that's a real a real term there um testicular ego testicularized um <laughs> We're becoming more egotisticularized. That's why I'm going to invade Tyrak. It's a shop that sells ties. I believe they have clothes of mass uh, something. Um, remember that guy? Uh, so right at the time, we need to become a collective. Ironically, social media, which I think probably likes to think it's making us more of a collective because we're connecting socially, guys, um, is actually just making us... Uh, Twitter shouldn't. It's not join the conversation, is it? It's join the, um, it's join the tsunami of monologues, <laughs> is what Twitter and Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram all are, and misinformation and blah blah blah. So, again, in a different time, uh, I think a New Year's resolution that focuses on yourself, um, was fine. You know what's what's to lose? Now I think anything that further adds to our um, sort of focus on the self needs to be thrown out the window. If anything, you know, we've had the Anthropocene period of humanity and I think we now need the the next, the, the ego-lucene. I keep making it words with the word ego in it. Um, one of them will take off. Let's start 50 hashtags. One of them will, <laughs> one of them will work. Um, we, need, we need the next thing, which is like thinking outwardly. We need the, um, what's the word for the planet, terror? We need the terror scene. We need the, an, the era where human, it's not anthro anymore. It's not people. It's it's everything. It's interdependence. It's the system. It's the it's the network. It's the, the links that bind us. It's the connective. It's the universe, the universalization of, um, it's, the, it's thinking universally. It's the terror scene. It's the, it's the universe scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's the plasticine. Um, that was a terrible George Bush impression. Now um, we, you know, we need to be thinking outwardly, and that's I think that's a paradigm shift that can't come too quickly. And I think that's why New Year's Eve slightly irks me, because it is this sort of this blip. I mean, we're thinking about ourselves all the time now. It's like photographs of yourself. The fucking phones have a rear-facing camera on them, and if that 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 to me is the that was the final was it. The, the seventh seal or whatever that the planet was just going to burn it's like what if we put cameras that face me me it's like great 
cameras used to face outwards looking at everything what a surprise that humans are so egotistical that eventually we'd have technology that <laughs> has a camera permanently pointing at your own face as if that's not a fucking sign that things are going to get <laughs> go severely downhill god you you go to any planet that's got an advanced civilization on it that's doing well i bet you that civilization didn't pass through a have a period in time where they had phones that had a camera looking back at themselves find that find that species and you'll find the, the species that made it our one's just gonna snuff it uh, but all the planet any all the planets that are just deserts like mars mars had species uh, an advanced civilization on it and they invented smartphones and then they went oh but instead of having to turn the camera around to look at me i'll put a camera on the back so i can always take a selfie jump forward three billion years it's a red desert that's because because they put rear-facing cameras on their technology trust me any technology that any any civilization that passes through that phase uh that planet is now dead um you can draw a connect, direct line more ego please um I'm, I'm gonna think solely about myself and not empathize with others so i think you know new year's resolutions really uh what would be really great is if they you know, I think a healthy New Year's resolution, and I think a healthy mindset generally says, what can I do for other people? What resolution can I do that's going to improve my mate down the road or my next door neighbor? You know, I'm going to mow their lawn. My resolution is to mow my neighbor's lawn, my old elderly neighbor's lawn uh, every every week for them for free. You know, what? let's just stop stop it with the ego, guys. You know, so we need to, I think, you know, what can I do to make, I'm going to volunteer at a soup kitchen, you know, as often as I can, whatever. Um, I think these are the resolutions um, that we need to be embracing. Not just resolutions, but I think it's, I think it's just a muscle that we need to start exercising more and more um, for its own sake and as a counterbalance to, yeah, what technology is uh, entreating us to do, which is increasingly set up your profile, set up your brand. Who are you? What's on your mind? I was always another another seven one of the seven seals of one of the signs that we're all fucked. It's just yeah, we invented apps or websites where the first question you see on the website is what's on your what are you doing right now? Tell everyone why? Why would I tell everyone? I'm at the pub. Great. What's that achieved? Am I a celebrity? Become become. A self-generated auto paparazzi. Like, I mean, remember we used to think paparazzi were bad. They follow you around and take photographs of you and tell everyone <laughs> what you're doing. And now we've just what internalized that, and we do it for. Our, I'm going to tell everyone what I'm doing. Hi, I'm over here. I'm at the pub. I just checked in. I'm at the cafe. Here's a photograph of me at the cafe. How can paparazzi are bad when it's through the prism of celebrities? But when it's through the prism of ourselves, suddenly it's like, I'm going to tell everyone what's on my mind and what I'm doing and where I am. And here's a photograph of me. And uh, suddenly that's a good thing. It's weird. Um, we, were on, we were on the right track in the, in the first place when we thought paparazzi were bad. Um, now we've just, what's the opposite of outsourcing? We've insourced. <laughs> we've onboarded. <laughs> that's it. Uh, we've onboarded, we've absorbed, we've performed a merger with the paparazzi, and now I'm do it, I do it for my. I'm a self-employed. <laughs> uh, 
That sounds like a job. That's a job from the, the dystopian future. I'm a self-employed self-paparazzo. Um, I pay myself to take photographs of myself to tell the world uh, everything I'm doing. I can't get away from me. I'm always taking photographs of myself. It's so annoying. I'm so intrusive on my own privacy. Ah! Um, <laughs> how did those photographs get leaked to the press? Oh, that's right. It was me. <laughs> anyway. Crikey, can you tell I miss doing stand-up? Um, so I think that's... that's that's, I think, yeah, start, I don't like, I'm, I bet I'm basically against any force, cultural technology or otherwise, that encourages us to, to focus on ourselves. Um, and like I said, decades ago, I think a bit of focus on yourself would be fine. But right now, we're in a plague, uh, a pandemic of ego, um, right at the wrong time. You know, again, be as egotistical as you want 100 years ago, 300 years ago. Doesn't matter. Vine... <laughs> Vine Instagram platform does not compare to mine own. Sir Liege. Doesn't matter. Fucking you've got you haven't even discovered coal at that point. Be as egotistical as you like. Have a live in a palace of mirrors. <laughs> live in a zorb <laughs> that's made of mirrors. It's been a ball, a, ref, a self-reflective ball, and just roll around the landscape speaking Shakespearean six hundred fucking years ago. Doesn't matter. You haven't discovered coal yet, it's fine. Um, but right now we just we need to all become one, unfortunately, and be on each other's team uh, to solve the whole planetary crisis slash rich poor divide problem slash you know billionaires hoarding all the wealth and then sending it into space, which is a bit weird. Um, again, fuck. Why do those people get it all? You know, why why is it? Is there some weird threshold at which a person becomes so rich? their brain snaps and they just have to go into space. Where's the rich person that like they go fucking bonkers and spend $500 billion on trees? <laughs> Where's that person? What Richard Branson, space. Elon Musk, space. Jeff Bezos, space. Where's the earth billionaire? The one that wants to stay here. <laughs> the one who's gone crazy with power and wealth and so establishes a arboreocracy a tree a tree-based dictatorship where's that guy anyway uh, where's that woman actually there's the answer isn't it they're all fucking men hashtag not all men well all the rich ones at least um <laughs> anyway but um i think so and the other thing i um, what was I saying? Yes. So the other thing I just wanted to mention, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make this a short one. So my my New Year's resolution, it's not really a New Year's resolution, it just happens to be happening in the new year, is that I've uh, I'm gonna start my graduate diploma in psychology. Uh, uh, by the time this comes out, I will be doing it. Um, again, because if you um, if you track back to the the start of this podcast where I started talking about my misgivings about uh, what I was contributing to the world in terms of satirical comedy. Um, not that I... Uh, I should rephrase that. Um, I have no problem with satire. I really enjoy it. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy making it. Um, it's just that I don't, I, I don't want to pretend that I think I'm making a difference 
um, by doing it. Uh, I can't deceive myself that I'm making a difference anymore because I've, I've read enough to realise that it's totally ineffective. Still totally enjoy doing it. But um, if, if my motivation is to like make an inch of a difference on this planet, um, I can't hide behind that and go, I'm a do-gooder. You know, I'm a I'm a change maker. I'm not. I'm just a I'm just convincing people who already agree with me to clap and applaud at me for saying the thing they already think, and the people who disagree with me, I'm not convincing them. So the net contribution to the planet is is zero. Um, but yes, my, so the, so I'm becoming. I want to become a clinical psychologist. And I want to help people, um, and I want to learn how people think, and I want to learn how to counteract some of the. Uh, nasty forces that are constantly evolving and changing and you know we're constantly now now that the internet's taken off i feel like we're constantly in a new frontier every year there's a new wild west that we're entering into when we first created or released you know when the internet first became commercial it was little more than just a glorified encyclopedia and that was kind of okay as soon as it becomes a two-way publishing platform web 2.0 um, that's a new frontier because now anyone can put information out there. And so, and now, you know, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse because um, it's, it's the cat's out of the but You're never going to get the internet back, put the internet back in its box now, you know. Um, but I, yes, my misgivings of sat- as being a satirist because I, I, um, I think in 2016 I stopped, I did a show called Post Comedian, which was about um, like, beginning to feel these feelings of self-doubt around what on earth, how do I even be a satirist when I know that adding more anger and vitriol, even if it's part with jokes, just con- contributes to a world that's angry and vitriolic and weirdly plays into like a Trump's a, a Trump kind of person's hands. Um, and again, if, if all I'm doing is getting people riled up who already agree with me and convincing no one from the other side... Um, that's quite egotistical and and if I'm treating people from the other side as if they're evil rather than just the products of circumstances and environment that would create, guaranteed create that person, how is it that person's fault that they think that way? Um, people think the things they think because of what they've been through and if I were raised with the family, friends, environment, culture of a right-wing person, I would be a right-wing person because I would be that person. So... Um, treating people with a lack of empathy which satire generally has to right because it's funny saying it's funny seeing someone slip on a banana isn't it it's not funny seeing someone do well (laughs) it's not funny seeing someone avoid the banana and have a good day so it's it's funny to say they're idiots it's funny to see people slip up and go flat earth fucking anti-vax you know but uh, again it's not none of those people are coming over to my side because of that kind of humour um and that for me, that for me was a problem because I got into satire because I. So there are comedians who want to be a comedian and end up doing satire because that's where the work is, right? So comedians who on stage don't do satire, they're just like, hey, so fucking how cool is it when you get drunk and you vomit on your own cock? You know, <laughs> my impression of a contemporary comedian. Where, you vomit up your own vag, yeah? Oh, cummy jizz, fucking vomit cum cum, yeah? Um, <laughs> that's stand-up. 
Let's stand up in 23. Vomi Kami Kam Kam. Um, should be the name of my next show. Uh, but what was I saying? <laughs> Fuck me dead. So there's comedians who are, do stand up. It could be observational, con, you know, confessional, blah, blah, blah. But then to, you know, all the work on TV generally is mostly satire. It's, it's usually, you know, because there's always a, a satirical show going around, right? There's always a, a satirical quiz show, a new show, a wrap-up show, a, you know, some sort of daily show. Um, that's where the work is. And so, you know, if you want to get writ- if you want to get paid work as a comedian as, or as a writer... That's where you you go, and you know I've met a lot of people who are satirical writers on those shows, and they genuinely don't give a fuck about the world. Like they they just don't. They're there for the work, um, but it's interesting because once you write for those sorts of shows, then you see the change in their online persona. You know, satirist, truth speaker, <laughs> troublemaker over at this TV show. And suddenly all their tweets are like, hey, at Scott Morrison, hey, at Donald Trump. is fucking suck my fucking balls. Um, and it's just, you know, it's all very groin-focused, isn't it? And um, and they said they inhabit this persona of, like, the, the angry reactionary, you know, who's taken down, speaking truth to power. And then you meet them in the writer's room and they're just, they don't give a shit. Um, and they're, they're just doing it to get attention and get work. So there's people who are comedians who become satirical because that's where the work is. And I, I don't begrudge that at all. I mean, you've got to put a roof over your head, but I'm just saying that's the order in which it goes. They don't care about the world. They're just comedians and, and they have to pretend to care about the world and use comedy for the power of good because uh, then you get money and get paid. Um, and I've, that's me. I've done that. Um, so I don't begrudge that at all. But I'm just saying that's that's the order in which it goes. But I... I I kind of came at it from the other angle. I, you know, as a kid, I deeply cared about the environment and I deeply cared about animals, birds specifically. I was a keen bird watcher. Um, still am. I love taking photographs. I've got a telephoto lens. I go out and take pictures of fucking ducks and stuff. I'm, I'm a really boring guy. Um, do I need to take a vow of celibacy if I want to be a Buddhist? No, you don't. I'm naturally, I'm self-selecting celibate because I'm a bird watcher. Um, I push my wife away. <laughs> physically through my obsession with foul uh foul so fucking bird um i deeply cared about the world and trying to keep it safe and helping people and helping again animals specifically in the environment um and i went to conferences i went to some what was it called the eastbourne children's conference in 1996 uh, where they got all these tea, he had to win a competition to get there. And it was like kids from all over the planet. And we went to talks from experts on how to recycle and blah, blah, blah. And I was petitioning my school to introduce recycling bins. I was in the newspaper. I was like, local environmentalists thinks ad- was it? adults need to move over so kids can make the decisions. I was basically like a Greta Thunberg before social media. And, uh, and also I wasn't charismatic and uh, failed to galvanize the, the general public but that's fine i'm not bitter um and then i th- and then my brother my brother got me books on like noam chomsky so my my concern for the globe went from environmental to socioeconomic as well and like inequality and all you know social justice and all these things um and then i, I think i saw bill hicks when i was 14 on a video 
VHS I, I nicked from my brother's cabinet or something. And I watched that and I went, oh, right, that's interesting. You can, I thought comedy was Billy Connolly because that's the only comedian I'd seen at that point. So why does vomit look like diced carrots? You know, I so, thought, oh, so you just have to talk about things that people know. <laughs> not, I'm sorry, not that that's what Billy Connolly does. He's a genius storyteller, so I, that, I don't want to diminish him. But in my head, that's what, as a 14-year-old, I thought that's what comedy was, you know. Why is it that... <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, why is it? Uh, <laughs> fucking, I love. I love to think that if I say "why is it" in a Scottish voice, my brain will fill in the bla- fill in the blanks. But it just didn't. Why is it when you're trying to impersonate Billy Connolly, you forget how to be funny? Uh, what's that about? Um, what's that about? Diced carrots. But I thought that was interesting. Like, oh, right, so you can talk about stuff that's serious and depressing but make people laugh about it and make people think about it. Um, and so that's when I got kind of... I twigged that I wanted to be... I wanted to try comedy because it was a way for me to articulate the things that I care about um, in a way that wouldn't be boring and put people off and go, fuck, he's a serious 15-year-old talking about trees. You know, fucking... What is he, Avatar? The trees are our soul, guys. Um, is he going to plug himself into a tree <laughs> like Sigourney Weaver? Um, it's one thing you notice in Avatar is that all the trees, all the foliage and all the animals have the same adapters to plug into. That is handy. We're not going to achieve a global consciousness while a- Apple is in charge. Now, my so my twirly weird tentacle thing on my hair, do I need, I need it seems like it's not plugging into this whale... Uh, do I need an adapter for? Oh fuck! Now I gotta get the, so the twirly thing goes into the the adapter thing, and the adapter thing goes into the whale. But now I'm not hearing. I'm only getting visual from the whale. I'm not getting audio, guys. These these weird penis tentacle hair things are not. <laughs> can you just please make them backwards compatible? Because I can't plug into this mushroom. Um, it's not a problem you see on Avatar, isn't it? Universal fucking plugs, everyone. Um, but anyway, so I did stand up because, yeah, I thought, oh, that's an interesting way to say the things I care about as a vehicle to voice my concerns in a way. That's, so I, it, for me, it went from being concerned about the planet to comedy being the way to do that rather than I'm a comedian of any sort and satire is where the work is, so I'm going to pretend to care uh, online um, and do the work. So that's... So caring is where it's come from. And, and then once once I read enough around like 2015, 2016, when I started getting concerned that actually now that everyone is online saying the same things, I, am I now just contributing to a pool? Am I just drawing from the same well as thousands and thousands of people and contributing to polarization and people going, yeah, well done. Mock the right-wing person. Yeah, they're fucking idiots. Like, am I just contributing to that now and not making a difference? And if so, maybe satire... You know, the my love affair with satire and stand-up slightly changed because I just... I realised that, that it's not... I'm actually... When you're the only person on stage, when you are a, a sort of a weird authority figure, um, at least people are then going about their lives. You know, you get off stage and people finish their beers and they go about their lives for the rest of the week. But now that 
they're seeing you on stage being angry and then they're going to their phones and being angry. Like it's just a continuation. There's no, you're not a unique entity anymore. You're just uh, um, another iteration of the same energy that's happening online. Um, and it's, it's, to me, it's interesting that essentially the online world became preoccupied with the same, a lot of the same dynamics and governing principles of stand-up is like you make a joke, say the thing that resonates with people. Um, and so Twitter became this, like, this jokey, ranty, angry place, as did many places, Facebook as well, Instagram, etc. And so now, but now when I get on stage and go, hey, so um, global warming, right? <laughs> I, now I feel like I'm borrowing from the internet, but it's like, no, the internet borrowed from me. <laughs> from me from us the stand-ups the satirists like why you're all doing it now but now i feel like i'm treading on your territory your turf when i get on if well not when if because i haven't got on stage for six years but if if i got on stage and i'd be like oh this just feels like i'm i'm just more internet but wearing clothes on a stage i'm just like a flesh fleshy app <laughs> that's come to life um and so i've you know I spent a long time just um, introspecting, like, what would it, what would I do if I did stand up now? And it would have to be something spiritual, but I just haven't found the time to write anything uh, with a kid and economic struggles and stuff, and talking into a microphone for eleven people. But um, so I, you know, uh, I, I, so I, had, I, I retreated a bit from that. Um, and then, of course, I started reading on Buddhism and blah, blah, blah. Or I rediscovered Buddhism after 20 years or so, 15 years. Um, and realized that if as a satirist I want to make the world better, really the... Um, and if as a satirist I'm getting on stage and contributing to polarization and ego and making people feel good about themselves for thinking the right thing and agreeing with the guy on stage who's mocking the people who think differently, um, really the most satirical thing I can do is be empathic and become a better person and a, and a vehicle for some sort of um, positive change in myself and my local community and... Uh, I've meditated a lot and I've done lots of things to improve my own mental health. And, you know, again, like we talked about in episode two or three of the podcast, if, you know, reading the news too much may, again makes you retreat into an enclave of one. Um, so if I can focus on my own mental health, not trigger the fear response by reading the news all the time, uh, and so thus I cease being so protective of a or myself and start thinking outwardly. I can start being a better influence. And if I can get other people to think the same way, um, maybe through humor, but fucking who knows, then more people will slowly cease being ego, ego based entities and become a bit more empathic, a bit more universal, a bit more, you know, interdependent, um, that will generate the change that satire never will. Um, and so now I've got two loves. You know, I still love satire, but I just don't classify it in my head as the thing that's going to do any good in the world because it just can't. It just You're either talking to people who agree with you, in which case you just... They've, or, they've already been won over, so as, as Tom Lehrer says, you're titillating the, the converted. Or you're falling on... 
fallow ground because you're trying to the people who on the right on the opposite side are seeing your sketch or your bit of stand-up or your funny article and go well oh typical left-wing people so you just you know you're either making people who already agree with you extremely happy or making people who disagree with you further entrenched in their views so it's just there's no so you do it for fun but I just I can't pretend to myself that I'm doing it for a good reason. Um, hence, um, clinical psychology uh, for lots of reasons. Not because I want to. I mean, that's a bit. Not because I want to make the world better. I want to help individual people. I think that's that. That's a direct way I can make a difference is by caring for and helping individual people. Um, more broadly, I guess knowing psychology will help me understand what makes people tick and maybe how to counteract or engage or empathize or um yeah change the minds of people who i think maybe believe the wrong things but doing so in a in a tactful and meaningful way um understanding just human behavior because i think you know the more we understand ourselves um the closer we might get to uh collectivizing in a in a positive and happy way and uh, that's the only way we're gonna solve this fucking insane problem and for lot and for other personal reasons like my dad was a really kind generous man to the community he was a solicitor and he, he helped charities and i can't really help my community with stand up turn up at a soup kitchen or a you know a charity shop um sell what give jokes away for free great eat a joke you hungry man um it's not gonna help anyone but again psychology you know i can count i can you know i can volunteer as a counselor i can do as well as just have a meaningful career so hence clinical psychology um because that that's been the path from satirist to psychologist i think you know is wanting to help and wanting to make a difference uh, and once you realize that comedy's not going to do that then i can still do it for fun but it's not filling that need i have to help so i need to add something to the mix um, so i'm not saying psychology will replace comedy i'm always going to want to be a writer and a, you know, i've got some lovely uh opportunities on the go at the moment for tv shows and a movie and stuff so that's that's all ticking along and it's lovely and i really enjoy it but it's not it's no longer I can't deceive myself anymore that that's ticking the making a difference box or holding truth to power box. It's not. It really isn't. Um, so I need to add something to the mix to um, satisfy that drive I have to try and be an, a nice, positive um, force in the world. So there you go. Um, and I'm not a billionaire, so I can't just do the easy thing and donate, you know, $500 million to charity. I've got to, <laughs> to work really hard for five years at my own expense to become a qualified psychologist so there you go uh, what, a long, what a convoluted route to fucking to be nice anyway it's worth it i'm gonna really enjoy it i'm gonna love it um and i might occasionally yeah and, and the other good thing is by studying that there might be stuff from uh the, as i study you know there might be stuff from it that's useful to um bring into the podcast you know i might get figure out some funky stuff as i go so there you go. That's my big news. For, that's my New Year's resolution for 2023. Spend five years studying psychology. Should have just given up chocolate. It's much fucking easier, isn't it? 
Um, all right, well, I'm going to sign off because that's 45 minutes and that's, that's long enough for anyone. Um, so in summary, New Year's resolutions, yay or nay, uh, don't compartmentalise, try and just be good all the time. Uh, don't think of it as giving things up, think of it as gaining stuff. You know, giving up drinking is not giving up drinking. You're, you're, you're losing something that's shit. You're gaining a lot of wonderful things. You're not giving anything up at all. Giving up hangovers, think of it like that. Um, giving up unprotected sex because you don't remember uh, what happened. Oh, no, that's a bit weird. Um, and, yeah, giving up all the fucking weird stuff. Giving up being a creep. <laughs> giving up being a flirtatious creep. Flirt with women like I do. I don't flirt with women. I'm married. But if I flirted with women now, if I were single, it would be sober, awkward flirting, not drunken, lechy flirting. Oh, babe, where are you going later tonight? Huh? Um, it would be more like, oh, hello. <laughs> I espied you from afar. I was wondering if I might be so presumptuous as to ask for your hand. <laughs> Just... That's what happens when you're sober. That's sober flirting is you propose to people immediately. Um, anyway, uh, there you go. Oh, I don't know. That's the end, isn't it? Should just press the music button. Here we go. Oh, there it is. Um, so, yes, going to be starting the clinical, uh, sorry, starting the graduate degree in psychology. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully feeding back or feeding in some of the things I learned from that. It might make me a bit more interesting. Um, and yeah, I'll chat to you soon. Have a lovely 2023. Hope you've had a nice January. And uh, look forward to chatting in another two weeks. Toodle pip. <laughs>